Life Podcasts presents The Poorcast with Lauren Palmer. Hands and paws unite to create South Africa's favorite podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Poorcast. My name is Lauren Palmer and I am the very proud dog mom of little Moby and Mia. On today's episode, we've decided to kind of go into more of a sensitive topic that I've been a bit nervous to bring about, but I have a really incredible, knowledgeable, patient and kind man who's going to talk us through it. It's talking about behaviors, dog behaviors, and especially during this time, it's it's a whole topic that none of us even know what's going on, me included, which is why I've wanted to have this chat. So I have Philip from Hearden, who is from A Wagging Success. He is a dog behavioralist, and yeah, let's say hello to Philip. Hi, Lauren, and hi, everybody. Fantastic to be here, and thank you very much for inviting me. Well, we, I mean, it's an honor to have you because I have a lot of Instagram accounts asking the same questions that I'm asking you and that I have asked you, asked you previously in chats. And kind of where we're going to lead today's podcast is about putting your dog on a leash. So me personally, my little dogs are very much off lead dogs. They hardly are on leash, um, which probably you're going to tell me is rookie error. <laughs> but... I found now with level four, putting them back on the leash is a nightmare. So what, what are my dogs thinking? Like, how do I even begin this process? Lauren, I think with most people and what a lot of people don't realize, and as you say, a touchy subject <laughs> uh, with a lot of people, because we tend to forget that we are dealing with animals. We are dealing with animals that have natural instincts and we are dealing with animals that respond um, very quickly to uh, reinforcement and the incorrect reinforcement. People are under the impression that the walk out with your dog starts outside um, when you finally get into all the chaos, where in actual fact the walk starts inside your house. These animals were born into total silence and total calmness. With them, excitement is something that they don't normally live in or in their natural lives wouldn't live in. But when we bring them to our homes, we actually reinforce the excitement. And as we know, when we have dog fights and everything getting out of hand, it is initiated by excitement. And a lot of dog fights are initiated by excitement. So getting my dog leashed up and going on a walk starts inside my house. I must teach my dog calmness. I must teach my dog to accept the leash calmly. So in my life, I remove triggers. Mm. I remove the overexcited leash, the overexcited car keys. These things escalate. They, They just help a dog to escalate. And by the time I've got the leash on, I've got this highly overexcited dog. And the natural human thought is, wow, what a happy dog. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we're not thinking that there's a big difference between happiness and excitement, mm. you can have a happy and content dog, but you can also have an overexcited dog. And this is where your problems start. It is an adrenaline rush into the dog's body and the brain spikes at the same time. 
to the extent where a lot of people don't want to walk with their dogs on leashes anymore. Exactly. Yeah, and when it gets to the bigger breeds, they stop walking them all together. Which is like so, so counterproductive. It's yeah, where a lot of dogs end up at the SPCAs and get put down because they don't get the stimulation they need. They don't do area adaptation. They don't do socialization. Um, they become frustrated and at the end of the day, they bite their, their owners. Yeah. yeah. And like you say, then so that's where the breeds get this reputation of you know being a bad dog or being an aggressive dog when it's just a, like a misunderstood, under-stimulated animal. I, I think the best way to explain this, Lauren, is that one must realize the day you get a dog, uh, you actually get a blank canvas. And the painting that is painted on that canvas and what that painting is at the end of the day depends solely on you and how you paint it and what you make of it. No pressure. And it's exactly the same, <laughs> but it's exactly the same with the dog. <laughs> Whatever your dog turns out to be at the end of the day is not the dog's fault. It is the owner's fault. And I think that's the hardest it, part because, like even you said in our previous chats, is it teaches you so much because how they're reacting and how they are behaving is your impact. So now you have to sort of look inward and go like, what am I doing wrong? And how can I help these these pooches be happier, <laughs> healthier? You know what I mean? It's so difficult to look within and be like, okay, what am I doing wrong? I, I think that, um, or know for a fact that anybody that comes to training, they normally learn a lot about themselves first. Yeah. We must remember that these dogs pick up on whatever you are as an energy inside of you. If you're nervous, your dog's nervous. If you're positive, your dog's positive. And when people come to training and they start learning about their dogs, you can never have an unstable handler trying to teach a dog to be stable. So whatever you do and keeping in mind that your first thought might be that you have to fulfill the needs of the animal, especially your animal, you've got to show leadership. You've got to guide this dog. And if you're having problems uh, walking your dog, you must definitely go into looking at uh, brain stimulation, getting your dog calm, removing triggers, getting your dog on the leash in a calm state, Working with your dog uh, towards the doors, towards the gates, um, so that you can get this dog to give a calm approach and make your dog work. In these times when we have this lockdown, we're confined to areas, we're confined to times, and make use of every moment that you have. Mm. Uh, we must remember that a dog who is mentally 120% fit, has a maximum concentration span of 20 minutes. So the normal household dog has like a concentration span of maybe five or six minutes. Except and mine, except mine, Philip. Mine are a good half an hour ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, if you start introducing excitement into the game, then they'll go on forever. Okay. <laughs> but I, I think the question must be, what am I doing for my dog? Absolutely. Uh, how is my dog benefiting? Mentally, your dog must be stimulated. And if you work at home with your dog, a lot of people ask me, what is work? How do I work my dog at home? And it's very simple. If your dog is forced to focus on you, uh, doing a lot of sits, doing a lot of downs, walking in squares with your dog, doing a lot of bout turns, just making this dog focus on you for 10 minutes, you're going to have a dog that is mentally very tired. Yeah. And if you then head out on a walk, 
you're going to find a dog that's a lot more relaxed. Um, area adaptation are very important. We have discussed this. You can't take a dog and just throw it into the deep end. It must get used to its area. It must get used to everything moving around, uh, vehicles, plastic bags, music, routers, people, motorbikes, bicycles, anything. Yeah. It's got to adapt to yeah. all these things. So you can't take your dog to a raceway where there are a lot of motorcycles having races and say, okay, I'm now going to do adaptation with my dog. Yeah. You're going to put a hell of a fear into the dog. So... It's got to be a, a slow process where your dog can ob- observe at the distance. It can get used to the sounds and the smells. Yeah. Um, it's like that with everything in a dog's life. Everything, it, it is an adaptation process and association. We must remember that a dog's life, 60% of its life is perceived to smell. And it has either bad uh, experiences with its smells or good ones. So association is very important and it will have bad associations of sounds and being that they live in the moment uh, one must remember that these things happen instantaneously it's really quick okay i'm putting moby and mia on a leash in the morning they are beyond excited when i grab the leashes they beat me to the door they're pulling me out the door what are some tips and tricks that i can implement i understand you know get them mentally tired before you even go on the walk but what are some small things that I can do every day? Lauren, some of the things we must just remember that in their natural lives, these animals, the parent being a structure will start escalating the structure okay. before they suddenly move out to go on the hunt. And our dogs normally pick up on us about half an hour, three quarters of an hour before we actually go on the walk. They already pick up on us that we're going because we start moving a bit faster. We look at our watch a bit more often and we go, oh, I must quickly do this before we go. And I must quickly make this phone call. So the dogs pick up on this and then the triggers come into play. Keys, uh, leashes, whatever the case may be, uh, walking shoes, anything. And this throws it out of line okay and this is where it over escalates so take your leashes put them somewhere visible for the dogs where they can see them the whole day put your walking shoes somewhere and every time you walk past them just pick them up and put them down somewhere else and carry on because it's not to say every time you pick these things up that you're going for a walk Mm. and the more you do this the more the dogs be watching you and realize but this is not necessarily a walk we must relax and they will relax Yeah. so that when it comes to time to go for a walk and you take the leashes at the end of the day, they'll be quite calm because they're not sure whether they're going out at that moment or not. And then make your dog work for the leash. Call mm-hmm. your dog into the leash, make him sit, send him away, call him back to you, make him sit, call him back to you, make him sit, touch him with the leash, send him away again. All the time, this dog's focusing on you. So by the time you're ready to put the leash on, the dog will already be a lot calmer, okay? When you go to the front door, stop and sit at the door. Turn around, go back to where you started, sit there. Move again, go back to the door, sit. Until your dog's completely relaxed with that step. Then approach the door, sit, open the door, close the door, reward and go back to where you started so that the dog realizes every time the door opens it does mean that i can fly out there and yeah. yank your arm off because that's, a, that's okay? what moby does and that's the first thing he does is he sees the door and once he sees that there's a leash on it's like mum door 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 <laughs> 
and then you get to the door and they fly out the door ahead exactly. of you. Exactly. And, and then they, is, they create this is, an excitement with each other, which makes it so much worse. And you find that if it gets out of hand, your dogs will have a go at each other. Okay? Absolutely. It just becomes too much. Excitement leads to aggression, and nine times out of ten, the aggression is redirected at the dogs closest to them or possibly at the handler. You will have noticed when you're out on your walk that um, you will pass a property where there are two or three dogs absolutely barking at you, going crazy. And the next minute they fly into each other and they bite the hell out of each other. Okay, it's because the excitement becomes too much and then the aggression. You might find a third dog trying to calm it down, but then um, the fight's normally on. They'll have a go at each other. And five minutes later, they're playing with each other again. How do I control, you know, just picturing that exact scenario when we walk past a gate and the dogs on the other side are going crazy? Moby's going just as crazy at those dogs. And you try and, you know, get his attention away because I always have treats with me and I'm trying to reward him to, like, focus on me. But there's sometimes where, like, you know, he'll yank my arm because he is strong. And I, I don't know what the right thing is. Like, do you do you keep walking? Do you, you know, make him get used to it? Like, you know, what's the right thing to do in that split second? Lauren, we have a lot of incidents occurring because people just up and leash up and go for a walk. Mm. I've always advised uh, before you go walking in any area, leave your dogs at home, do the walk yourself. Okay. See where animals or do a recce of the area make sure it's safe make sure it's clear make sure there are no books off leashes or that can come out of their properties etc and find yourself a safe area and then when a dog reacts or responds to that type of thing it you must start at a low impact area where there's not a lot of this happening or it's happening at a distance okay. don't just chuck your dog into the deep end and walk past that gate because your dog's going to get nervous and it's going to have a go at them. And the whole thing is just going to escalate out of control. So find an area that's quieter, uh, try and work around it, and get your dog to adapt to this type of thing. Uh, I use a little trick. I use a water pistol um, because it's all about snapping a dog out of that focus. Because that's the thing. Uh, You can see when I, I call his name, and no matter where, if we're in a calm place, he'll, he'll, his recall is fantastic. But in that moment of there's a dog barking, I must go and bark at that dog. There's no, he doesn't even know who I am. So it's hard to, yes, I, to take his attention away. You see, I, I'll use um, a little water pistol, but timing is the thing. Yeah. yeah. When it, your dog looks at those dogs, you will see there's a look and then there's a focus. The minute your dog looks at them, you're already letting him have it with a bit of water in the face, okay? <laughs> You've got to hit the brake before the accident happens. Yeah. It doesn't help you once it escalated and this dog's flying up in the air. Now you try anything, it's not going to work. So I normally stop and I will watch. And if this dog is starting to focus, I'll just let him have it with a squirt of water and then I'll walk and do a wide berth but carry on walking. 
if my dog is continuously escalating to this, I will turn around, go opposite direction, reapproach to where I see my dog is getting nervous, and then I'll stop and sit and just wait and relax, and then eventually turn around and go in the opposite direction. I won't pass that guy. Yeah. I just don't believe in throwing a dog into the deep end and saying he has all this going on. You've got to deal with it. Dogs cannot just deal with anything. It's like giving somebody a cell phone and saying, listen, you've got to work that thing in five minutes time. Yeah. And it's not going to happen. Okay. And it's the same with dogs. Never chuck them into the deep end. Give them time. And what's so important is please always work at the dog's pace not yours. When you've got a leash on a dog, it's 110% dog time, not yours. Yeah. If you want to go for a walk because you like walking, go for your walk, do it. When you take your dogs out, it's dog time. It's time you spend working with your dog, helping your dog, getting your dog in the right direction. And maybe where the disconnect is, is, you know, I was saying to my brother this morning on our walk that, you know, when it's normal life, whatever normal is, I find that I would never take the time to have an hour and a half walk where we walked half an hour with the dogs and then we brought them back and went on our own walk. Uh, we wouldn't do that in normal life because you, you're so pressed for time that you feel like you're rushing and you need to just let me do my run and my dog walk at the same time. And I think often that's where I make my mistakes because I'm putting my walk and my time before I even think about what Moby or Mia need. What is important, Lauren, is, is that we must always remember there's a thing called me time, there's a thing called partner time, and there's a thing called family time. You and should be a psychologist, Philip. <laughs> a, dog, a dog doesn't form part of those times. Yeah. Okay. When it is dog time, it's 100% dog time. When I pick up my leashes, it is a working session with my dog. In my world, there's no such thing as a walk with a dog. When I put leashes on dogs, it's work time. Yeah. I will walk five yeah. paces and sit. I walk five paces, sit. I'll walk five paces, sit down. So I'm keeping this dog's focus. I'm keeping this dog working with me. I will do about turns. I will do anything to keep this dog focusing on me. I will even do focus exercises where I'm standing just outside the gate and a handful of treats, and I'll be watching my dog. Every time my dog looks at me, I give him a treat. Yeah. He looks at me, I give him a treat. Eventually, he's looking at me, and he's not looking around anymore. His focus is on me. Yeah. Okay. And then we must yeah. remember that dogs have drive. What drives my dog? If my dog's food-driven, use that food. You can win off the treats later, but while you're working with your dog and doing focus work, which is mental stimulation. Use the cheats, okay? Reward your dog. Make it fun for your dog. It's the only way you're going to get to a point where you can comfortably say, I can now leash my dog up and I can head out, go and work with my dog and go and have fun with my dog. Never get to a point where when you look at the leashes, you think, oh no, please, not this. You don't want to be there. Otherwise, yeah. it's not more fun. And especially when we only have three hours in the morning, I mean, that needs to be really productive, happy, you know, an outlet. I again say, Lauren, that if you take your two dogs and you spend 15 minutes with each one, giving them work to do, a job to do, which is focusing on you, then you can leave them. They will be comfortable. They'll be relaxed. Because remember, when the brain is tired, the body's tired. Yeah. 
When that cell phone battery goes, it needs time to recharge. <laughs> when you pump your dog full of adrenaline and you get um, a spike in the brain, your dog doesn't relax. Okay, It doesn't come down because that adrenaline stays there. So one's got to think, what am I really doing for my dog? Who comes first? My dog comes first. So I must give this dog what it needs. It needs leadership, mental stimulation, and it needs physical exercise. But in a majority of the cases, especially where we are now finding ourselves, mental stimulation is of the utmost importance. And this is going to become the norm. Yeah. It's a misconception that I must go and run 10 kilometers with my dog every day. 10 to 1, your dog doesn't like it because there's no water on the way for him, no water stops or anything. He's just got to follow you on a long run. You'll find your dog having a lot more fun if he's got work to do and yeah. you're working with him. And that can be from a Yorkie right through to your Great Dane. Because remember, whether Yorkie or Great Dane, the natural instincts within them are exactly the same. And manage those instincts. Stimulate your dog's brain. And when we say stimulate the brain, it means flatten that cell phone battery that's up there. <laughs> I think that's the best analogy is flatten the battery because it, it, that's, that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> that, that is the process and that's what you're doing. And you'll find in all aspects, even if, if you've done focus work for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and you then take your dog on a walk, you're going to find you've got a much more relaxed dog, a much more stable dog, and, and you are going to enjoy your walk a lot. Yeah. Well, Philip, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. I think, I mean, there's so many more questions I have regarding dogs and their behavior. So I think we need to bring you back to talk about this a little bit more. But I just would like to say thank you so much for taking the time. Before we we say goodbye, how do we find you? You know, I see you have a Facebook page, but what's it called? How do we get in touch with you? Tell us. Uh, Lauren, on Facebook, um, you'll find me under Dog Behaviour Consultant and Professional Dog Trainer, Philip van Gerden. Um, or you will find my uh, dog page, which is A Wagging Success by Philip van Gerden. Either one of the two, uh, my cell phone numbers, email addresses there. Anybody that wishes to get hold of me just to ask questions, Please, you are welcome anytime. And no charge to that uh, because to me, the bottom line is the dog. Um, obviously, if you're going to follow any of the courses, then they get paid for. But in general, questions and assistance, please, please, please don't hesitate. Because bottom line is your dogs, stable dogs, happy dogs. And I think that's what we all got to be thinking about in these times. Absolutely. Thank you, Philip. Thank you so much for taking this time. And I can't wait to chat to you when my little Moby is actually walkable. So thank you. <laughs> Anytime. Always welcome. And we'll most certainly do it again. Life Podcasts presents The Podcast with Lauren Palmer. Hands and paws unite to create South Africa's favorite podcast.